You're now tuning in to our GrowPoint Dumagete podcast, where it's all about relationships. We exist to glorify God by making disciples in the spirit of love. Good morning and welcome to GrowPoint Dumagete Worship at Home. Let's bow our heads together and let's join our hearts in prayer. Our dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this beautiful day. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. Thank you for salvation so rich and yet so free in your Son, Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, thank you for working in us. And we thank you for working for us and through us as your people. Today we ask that you will speak to our hearts, that you will instruct and inspire us from your word, that you will motivate us to pursue spiritual growth. Lord, I pray for those who are joining us, perhaps for the very first time, and maybe not the first time, but Lord, they're new to Grow Point Dumagari, and for those who still don't know Jesus as their Savior, but they are seriously considering the message, we ask that today would be the day of their salvation. We ask that those who are still dead in their trespasses and sins will come alive today by faith, in Jesus Christ. Oh God, do the work that you alone can do in the hearts of people. We pray that there will be conviction of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment, and that there will be repentance, and that there will be faith in Jesus Christ, that many would trust in your Son as their Lord and Savior. Let this message go far and wide, Lord. Thank you that we can join together in worshiping you, in listening to you, speak to us through your word. Bless this time now we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. These past two Sundays, we've been talking about the vision and the mission and the goals of Grow Point Dumagati, consistent to what we believe is God's mission for us, is God's vision for us, it's God's purpose, God's picture of the future, and God's you know stated, um, intended reason for our existence, and that is to become like His Son, Jesus Christ, in character and conduct, and to live like He lived, to live devoted to the Father, and to live dedicated to the work that the Father has entrusted to us. And as we talked about the mission of Grow Point Dumagueri, which is to glorify God by making disciples in the spirit of love, we said that for us to live according to this God-given mission we want to see that every believer who comes to Grow Point, who fellowships with Grow Point, who worships here, will become a growing, healthy disciple who makes disciples in small groups. A healthy disciple is really a believer who is growing in his faith and relationship with God. And we need to, to grow in at least three areas, as we mentioned, in our Christian lives. We need to grow continually in our passion to worship God, and our passion in worshiping our Lord. We need to grow as well, secondly, in our walk with Jesus and seek to have intimacy with Him. Thirdly, we are, as a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, whom He has called to be fishers of men, we are to grow in our service and work in dependence upon the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit so that our labor would not be in vain and that we will be fruitful as we serve God and others, all for the glory and honor of our Lord. You see, a healthy growing disciple is like a plant, and it manifests, and it should manifest growth. 
if there is no growth, then it's not healthy. If it's not healthy, then there is a problem. So we need to get down to the root of the problem and then address that accordingly to God's Word. And like a plant, if we are going to grow spiritually, we need to be rooted and grounded in our faith and relationship with God. And that's why the title of this short series is Rooted and Grounded. Really what we're doing here is we're doing a follow-up, you know, a series of messages to follow up with our Vision Sundays, Vision Sunday 1 and 2. We want to become a disciple who makes disciples. And our passage for today will be Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 7. So if you have your Bibles at home, please open your Bibles now and turn to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 to 7. But before we can talk about being rooted and grounded, we need to make sure that we are alive spiritually. There has to be life in order for, for growth to happen. The reverse is simply impossible. Thus, in this first installment in this series, let us learn how a person can be alive. This is with a presupposition that men were born spiritually dead according to what the Bible says. So as we look at Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 to 7, okay, we will look at truths that will help us okay, to know how we can be alive in Christ. Thus, the title of this message is simply, Be Alive. The main idea that I want us to take home from this message is simply this. God alone can give life to the dead. God alone can give life to the dead. It was God who gave life to this universe. It was God who gave life to everything that we can see and everything that we cannot see. It was God who gave us this life. And it is God alone who can give us spiritual life. So the question we want to ask is, how can a spiritually dead person receive spiritual life from God? If God alone can give life to the dead, how can we have it? How can we receive it? How can a person who is spiritually dead become spiritually alive? And there are a few truths I want to share with you. And you need to understand these truths and make a personal decision in response to these truths if you want to receive Life from God. Number one, as we look at Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to verse 7, we need to understand what our sin did to us. Here in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 through verse 3, God describes who we were okay, in our sins and trespasses and who we were apart from Christ. You see, because of sin, literally, need to learn that we were born dead. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1, the Bible says, And you were dead in trespasses and sins. This is referring, of course, to spiritual death. We were born dead in our spirit because of our sins. This sin, okay, was the sin that we inherited from our first parents, Adam and Eve, when they swallowed the lie of the devil, okay, uh, manifesting himself as a serpent in the Garden of Eden. And they disobeyed God. We did not possess spiritual life. And we were, not an, we, were, we were not able to do anything that pleases God. We have no ability on our own to respond to anything that is spiritual. Anything that is of God. 
responding to God and having that relationship with Him is a foreign concept to many of us when we were born. In fact, that's why we needed to be taught about who God is, what God has done, that God is the creator, that God you know, came down uh, in the person of Jesus Christ, that it, is, it was God who was crucified for our sins and so on and so forth, because we have no knowledge of God, we have no understanding about God. That's why God had to reveal Himself through creation. He had to reveal Himself through, you know, the the sermons and the messages of the prophets. He had to reveal Himself through the scriptures. He had to reveal Himself through His Son, Jesus Christ. Because we do not know God, we are spiritually dead. And like a dead, you know, a a physically dead person who has no ability, okay, to respond or to react to any physical stimuli around Him, such as food and drink, okay, he doesn't feel pain, right? Like a spiritually, I mean, a physically dead person, a spiritually dead person cannot respond or react to anything spiritual because his spiritual faculties are not functioning. He is spiritually dead unless God himself gives him life. That person will remain dead and will not be able to respond to anything spiritual. He will not be able to respond and relate to God who is a spirit. And what is the reason why we're dead spiritually? What is the reason why we were born dead spiritually? The reason is simply our sins. Sin brought death to us. According to Romans chapter 6 verse 23, the wages of sin is death. Right? That's what we earn. That's what we receive because of our sins. And death in the Bible refers to separation. Sin made a separation between us and our holy God. Listen to Isaiah chapter 59 and verse 2. The Bible says, But your iniquities, another word for sin, have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden His face from you so that He does not hear. It is our sin that separates us from our God. Because God is holy. God is perfectly righteous. And that holiness and perfect righteousness of God okay, was first demonstrated in the Garden of Eden after Adam and Eve sinned. Remember, after Adam and Eve swallowed the lie of the devil, after they chose to believe the devil and chose to disobey God by partaking of the forbidden fruit, they sinned. And after they sinned, God drove them out of the Garden of Eden. He drove them out of His presence. They could no longer dwell together with Him in the Garden. Because God is holy. The second time this was demonstrated was when Jesus Christ our Lord bore our sins in His own body on the cross. Remember what Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 24. Bible says, He Himself, that's Jesus, bore our sins in His body on the tree. The tree referring to the cross. That we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By His wounds we were healed. So Jesus bore our sins. He had to carry our sins because He will be the one. I mean, through His death, He paid a penalty for all of of our sins. He cannot pay for our sins unless He will carry it by Himself. So He bore our sins. And what happened? Just before he died on the cross, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? 
To be forsaken means that God the Father took his eyes off of the Lord Jesus Christ, turned away from him, abandoned him. Loneliest moment in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that was because of your sins and my sins being carried by the Lord Jesus Christ, placed in his own body while he was hanging on the cross. While he was dying for your sins, paying for the penalty of your sins and my sins, God the Father separated himself from Jesus Christ, abandoned Jesus, left Jesus all alone. So that Jesus alone was there at the cross. Habakkuk chapter 1 verse 13. Bible says, you who are of purer eyes than to see evil and cannot look at iniquity or Wrong for, another, for other versions. In other words, God is so holy that He cannot look at sin. The moment our sin was placed in Jesus Christ's body, God could no longer look at His Son. He had to turn away. Sin separates us from God. Because God is holy. God is righteous. He cannot look at sin. God cannot dwell together with sin. It just doesn't happen. Unbelievers are dead spiritually. They're separated from God because of sin, because of trespasses, because of their iniquities. Unbelievers are not sick. The Bible says they are dead spiritually, right? So understand this. If you want to receive life from God, you need to understand, first of all, that because of your sins, because of your trespasses, because of your iniquities, as the Bible calls it, okay, you were born dead spiritually. Secondly, you were not only born dead because of your sins, because of your sins, you were also born disobedient. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 2. Bible says, in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. Disobedience was the beginning of man's spiritual death. Remember that. When Adam and Eve chose to swallow the lie of the devil and disobeyed God, they immediately died spiritually and eventually died physically. In God's original creation, remember... Okay, before sin came in, everything was beautiful. Everything was perfect. There was no death. There was no disease. There was no decay. Nothing. Only life. Death, diseases, decay only came, okay, when sin came in. Death is a result of sin. Again, for the wages of sin is death. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 2, verse 16 and 17. You know, that was the moment when God gave Adam and Eve a specific command, okay, to stay away from the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the Lord, verse 16 of Genesis chapter 2, commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. Unsa yang God says, for in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. So the question is this. When they ate of the forbidden fruit, did they die on that day? Yes, they died spiritually. They were disconnected from God. They were separated from God. In fact, they were driven out of the garden okay, as, a, as a physical 
outward manifestation of the death that took place in their spirit, it had to be, they had to be separated from God. And then eventually they died physically. Since Adam and Eve disobeyed God that day, humankind had been living a disobedient life. We have been disobeying the God who created us, the God who gave us this life. We were born, according to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 2, we were born walking and following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. And the problem is, we have no power and we have no ability to change our nature, to change our hearts. We have no power and ability to overcome sin. We simply don't have that. We simply cannot overcome sin and death in our own. We need the help of Almighty God. So understand this. If you want to receive life from God, you need to understand what sin did for you. Because of your sins, you were born dead spiritually. Because of your sins, you were born disobedient. Thirdly, because of your sins, you were born depraved. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 3 and the first part of that verse, the Bible says, Among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. Now the word depraved means or has been defined as being morally corrupt. Okay, As lost sinners, we live to fulfill the passions of the flesh and carry out the desires of the mind and the body, which are morally corrupt and sinful. Understand this. Unbelievers act in a sinful way because we think in a sinful way. Because we have cravings that are sinful. We have desires that are sinful. And we have sinful desires, we have sinful cravings, we have a sinful mind, mind because we are dead in our sins and trespasses. Now this does not mean that unbelievers are incapable, totally incapable of doing anything good as others would teach. Because Jesus, our Lord himself said that even sinners are capable of doing something good towards one another. Turn your Bibles to Ephesians. To Luke, rather, Luke chapter 6, verse 32 and verse 33. There are some groups out there who are teaching that men okay, are totally incapable of doing anything good. Now, I would like to you know, ask for, for their help to explain these verses. Because these are the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said, if you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners, of course, obviously referring to unbelievers, even sinners love those who love them. So sinners, unbelievers, have the ability to love. Listen to this, verse 33. And if you do good to those who do you good, what benefit is that to you? Jesus said, for even sinners do the same. Sinners can do good things. So when we say that unbelievers are depraved, we mean that he is incapable of doing anything that pleases God. He is incapable of doing anything good enough to go to heaven, good enough to merit salvation. And even the good that he can do is not enough. The Bible says it's as filthy rags in the eyes of God. It's not enough to save them from sins, you save them from the penalty of sin, which is death in hell. That's what we mean when we say that 
we were born depraved. So because of your sins, because of our sins, we were born dead spiritually. We were born disobedient. We were born depraved, incapable, unable to do anything that pleases God, anything that merits salvation. Fourthly, we were born doomed. Because we cannot do anything that pleases God and anything that merits salvation, we are doomed. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 3 and the, the, the second part of verse, Bible says, And we were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. We were born as children of wrath. Again, this goes all the way back to the truth that we are dead in our trespasses and sins. God's wrath is upon us because of our sins, because we break His law, because we break His commandments, and we break His heart. We do things that are inconsistent with His word, that are contrary to His will, and that are offensive to His nature. John chapter 3 verse 18, the Bible says, Whoever believes in Him is not condemned. Whoever does not believe is condemned already because... He has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. No, I want us to remember this verse. Okay? And then John chapter 3, verse 36, Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life. But the wrath of God remains on him. So, if a man would receive life from God, he first needs to realize he is born spiritually dead because of his sins. If man were to receive life from God, he must realize he doesn't have it. And he cannot have it on his own. He cannot come up with it. He cannot generate life on his own. A person who thinks he has eternal life because he's good enough will never seek to receive life from God because he's deceived. He thinks he's good enough to go to heaven. He thinks he's good enough to, to be saved. He thinks he's good enough to receive life. No, he's not thinking biblically. He is deceived. Because when you ask the Bible, when you let the Bible speak and instruct us, the Bible is teaching us that all of us are sinners who have fallen short of God's standard, who have fallen short of God's glory. God's standard is perfection. Okay? Matthew chapter 5, verse 20 and verse 28, the Bible says, We are to exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees. And humanly speaking, no one is able to do that. And then he says in verse 48, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. None of us are perfect. None of us can meet God's standards. And because of our sins, we are dead spiritually, and we deserve to be separated from our God eternally in a place called hell. Now, if you look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 to verse 3, man, I tell you, this is the truth. And God Himself, using the Apostle Paul to pen down these words okay, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, He's describing for us our original state in our sins and apart from Christ. We were dead spiritually. We were, dis we, we were disobedient. We are depraved. And we are doomed because of our sins. We deserve God's wrath. But when you reach verse 4. But God. But God. Probably one of the most powerful. One of the most wonderful. One of the most beautiful phrases we can read in the entire Bible. 
After describing our original state and what our trespasses and sins has done to us, we now transition to what God has done for us. So the first part of that, okay, this is what sin did for you. Next part of this passage is what God has done for us. So after we look at what sin did to us, now let's look at what our sovereign God did for us. God now describes what He has done for us and who we are in Christ. If we're going to receive life from God as spiritually dead people, first, you need to realize that because of your sins, you are dead. You're separated from God. You're disobedient. You're depraved. You're incapable of doing anything that bears salvation. And you are doomed. You're on your way to hell. There is no escape except through Jesus Christ. And this is what God has done for us. Verse 4. But God, being rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses and sins. Listen to this. He made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. God made us alive together with Christ. When you look at this verse, why wow, it's so powerful. The first thing you can see is that the Bible says, God is rich in mercy. And I would like to say that His mercy prevented God from giving us what we deserve. And what do we deserve? His wrath. We deserve God's judgment. We deserve to go to hell forever and suffer, being agony, you know. And the only relief is the grinding of the gnashing of our teeth. For all eternity, as penalty, as punishment for all of our sins. But because of God's mercy, He saved us. Titus chapter 3 and verse 5, the Bible says, He saved us. Listen to this, okay? Especially in our culture. Listen very carefully. He saved us not because of works of righteousness which we have done. The Bible says, He saved us according to His own mercy. It was God's mercy that prevented Him from giving to us what we deserve to receive. From giving His and pouring His wrath upon us and sending us to hell for all eternity to suffer in the flames of hell in utter darkness with the grinding of gnashing of teeth as the only relief. It was His mercy that prevented Him from doing that. Praise God, He's rich in mercy. Wow. His mercy endures forever. You see, He saved us from what? He saved us from eternal death in hell, which is what we deserve to receive. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, the Bible says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Wow. That is powerful. That is glorious. Secondly, as you think of His love, I want to say that His love caused God to give for us what we do not deserve. And kinsa yang yatag, who did God give? He gave His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. John 3.16 and 17, you might be very familiar with this. Bible says, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son. Now, whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. You see, God sent Jesus to save us through Him. 
In other words, it is God's desire that every human being, every sinner would be saved by repenting from their sins and trusting in Jesus Christ as their Savior. So to those who will, okay, um, to those who will repent, to those who will trust in Jesus, the Bible says, they will not perish in hell, but they will have everlasting life in heaven. In other words, those who were born dead will receive life. That's the only way we can go to heaven and have life eternal. It's through the Lord Jesus Christ. 1 John chapter 4, verse 9, the Bible says, In this, the love of God was made manifest among us. This, is, this was how God's love was demonstrated. That God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. Those of us who were born dead spiritually, who were born disobedient and depraved and, you know, doomed to go to hell, we can have life and salvation through Jesus Christ because God loves us. God's love cost Him to give for us what we do not deserve, and that is His Son, Jesus Christ. Another passage found in 1 John, this time in chapter 5, verse 11 and verse 12. And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life and this life is in His Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. Wow. What an assurance that God is giving us through His Word. <laughs> because of God's love, He gave us His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. And in Jesus, in Christ, in His Son, there is life. Apart from His Son, there is no life. Why? Because Jesus is the life. John 14, verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes unto the Father except through me. So God's mercy prevented Him from, from giving us okay, what we deserve. And God's love caused Him to give for us what we do not deserve. And thirdly, His grace, I'd like to say this, pleased God to give to us what we don't deserve. And what did God give to us that we don't deserve? His salvation. We don't deserve His Son okay, and have life in His Son. We don't deserve to be saved from His wrath. To be saved from hell forever. Chapter 2 verse 8 and 9 of Ephesians. The Bible says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, the Bible says. It is the gift of God. It is for free. You don't need to pay for it. You don't need to work for it. You simply need to receive it. How do you receive that? The Bible says, through Jesus Christ. You don't receive this gift of salvation by doing good works. Because the Bible says it's not a result of works so that no one can boast. It is all of God's grace. If you have to work for it, then it's no longer grace. Because if you work for something, you deserve the compensation. You deserve the wage. You deserve the agreed salary. You deserve the agreed exchange. But because salvation is by God's grace, you don't need to work for it. You don't deserve it. What we deserve is God's judgment. God, I know God's wrath. We deserve to go to hell as sinners who, you know, violated God's law, who did things that are contrary to His will and, you know, offensive to His nature. God's grace pleased God to give us 
what we don't deserve. That is salvation. We don't deserve salvation but damnation. And again, if you go back to chapter, I mean, uh, to verse 4. But God. We deserve to go to hell. You know, we were born dead. We were disobedient. We are depraved. We are doomed to go to hell. But God is rich in mercy towards us. But God so loved us. But God is gracious to us. So even though we were dead in our trespasses and sins, God made us alive together with Christ because of His mercy, because of His love, because of His grace. And when He made us alive together with Christ, we joined Christ in His death, in His burial, and in His resurrection by the power of God. In fact, that's why Paul could say, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, Paul can say, I have been crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Okay, I, I died with Christ on the cross. My old sinful nature was crucified with Him and died with Him. And then later on in his, in his uh, epistle or letter to the Romans, in Romans chapter 6, verse 3 and 4, Paul said, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized or who have been united okay, into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? So if you have been united in Christ, if you are now an individual or a person who is in Christ, you were united with Him in His death. And in verse 4, we were buried therefore with Him, okay, by baptism into His death. So if you died with Him, like Paul said, you were also buried with Him. God in His mercy, love and grace saved us and made us alive together with Christ because not only did we die with Jesus on the cross and we were buried with Jesus, we also were raised with Jesus Christ. In fact, that's the second thing I want to talk about. Not only did God okay, made us alive together with Christ, he, he raised us together with Christ. In other words, we joined Christ in His death. We also joined Christ in His resurrection. We have been raised with Christ. Listen to this, verse 4 okay, and verse 5 of Romans chapter 6, just the passage we were reading earlier. Okay? We were buried therefore with Him by baptism into His death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too, okay, we too might walk in the newness of life. For if we have been united with Him in His death, okay, that's why I said that the meaning of the word baptism is to be immersed or to be united with Christ in His death and resurrection. If we have been united with Him into a death like this, we shall certainly be united with Him in a resurrection like His. Those who have repented of their sins and trusted in Jesus as Savior are no longer dead, but alive in Christ. So if you want to receive life, from God because you understand that your sins, okay, because of your sins you were born dead, because of your sins you were born disobedient, depraved, and doomed. If you want to receive life from God, you need to realize that life is in Christ. To be alive is to be in Christ. What you need to do is repent from your sin and trust in Him as your only Savior and Lord. Listen to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, 
He is a new creation. The old has passed away. The old is dead. The old man is dead. Behold, the new has come. The new man has come. The old man has died with Christ and was buried with Christ. The new man has come in Christ. As a new creation in Christ, we have a new life with a new purpose, a new perspective. We have a new power that enables us to live the kind of life that God wants us to live. And we have new priorities. We should no longer live like we lived in the past apart from Christ. We should no longer live like the way we lived when we were still dead in our trespasses and sins. Separated from God. Listen to this. As a new man in Christ, live a new life in Christ. As a new man in Christ, live a new life in Christ. Going back to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Let's read further down. Verse 18, the Bible says, And all this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to Himself. Now, after He reconciled us to Himself, notice what else God did to us. He gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was willing to, God was reconciling the world to Himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. God okay, reconciled us to Himself through His Son, Jesus Christ, and then He gave us the ministry of reconciliation. He entrusted to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, who are we in Christ? Not only are we new men with, you know, with new power and new uh, perspective, we have a new purpose. We have a new position. We are ambassadors for Christ. We are His representatives on this earth. Because God has raised us together with Christ. Not only that, God has seated us together with Christ. Going back to Ephesians chapter 2, okay? God who is rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses and sins, okay? made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, the okay? Bible says. We are raised up together with Christ and made us to sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We also have a new position in Christ. It is a position of privilege and power. Power over sin, power over death, power over hell, and even power over the, the devil and his demons. We have been delivered and set free. You are free in Christ. That is what it means to be alive in Christ. Romans chapter 6, okay, verse 11 to verse 13, the Bible says, So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin, no longer dead in sin, okay, but dead to sin. Your relationship with sin has drastically and radically changed the moment you repented and trusted in Jesus as your Savior. You are no longer dead in sin, but you are dead to sin, okay? And alive to God in Christ Jesus. Let not sin, therefore, because you are no longer dead in sin, but you are dead to sin, okay? You should no longer... Therefore, 
allow sin to reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not okay, present your members or your body parts to sin as instruments for unrighteousness. Instead, what should we do? Present yourselves to God as those who have been bought, okay, brought from death to life. And your members present it to God as instruments for righteousness. Because you are a new man, live a new life in Christ. You have a new life in Christ. You have a new perspective. You have a new purpose. You have a new power available for you. Colossians chapter 1 verse 11 to verse 14. May you be strengthened with all power according to His glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has, listen to this, delivered you from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So if you are going to receive life from God, because God alone gives life to the dead, understand what sin did for us. Because of our sins, we were dead. Because of our sins, we were disobedient, born disobedient. We were born depraved. We were born doomed. But secondly, you need to understand what our sovereign God did for us. Okay, Our sovereign God in His love, in His mercy, and in His grace, okay, He saved us. He made us alive together with His Son, Jesus Christ. Not only did God made us alive together with His Son, Jesus Christ, He also okay, raised us together with Christ. And then He seated us in a, in a position of power and authority together with His Son, Jesus Christ. So, how can a person... Receive life from God? Let me say it one more time. First, you need to realize that you are dead because of your sins and trespasses. You have no life in yourself. More importantly, that death that was brought you know, by your sin, okay, that death means separation from God, and that will remain to be true for all eternity apart from God's own intervention. Because God al alone can give life to the dead. So you need to realize you are dead spiritually. and You are not able to gain life or get life or get alive all by your own power. No. Secondly, you need to understand what God has done for you. God in His love sent His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ died on the cross. He was buried on a borrowed tomb. And on the third day, he rose again victoriously. Jesus Christ defeated sin, death, and hell, and Satan in our behalf forever. Jesus is the Savior of the world, and there is no one else. Because of God's grace and mercy, understand this. He is offering to everybody around the world okay, his gift of salvation. All that God requires is for that sinner, okay, for every person who has sinned against God, to repent from sin. What sin? The sin of not believing in Christ. And he needs to make a decision to trust in Jesus Christ completely and in Jesus Christ alone 
as His Savior and Lord. According to God's Word, when a sinner repents and believes in Jesus Christ alone as Savior, that person will be united with Christ in His death, burial, and resurrection. That person will become a new creation in Christ. And as someone who is in Christ, we know that God has made us alive together with Christ, raised us with Christ, and seated us with Christ. The dead becomes alive. With man, this is impossible. But with God, nothing shall be impossible. So be alive in Christ today. Repent of your sin. The sin of unbelief in Jesus Christ, as the Spirit is probably right now convicting you of that sin. Because John chapter 16 verse 8 records the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. It was Jesus who said that this is the work of the Holy Spirit. He said that when He comes, referring to the Holy Spirit, He will convict the world of sin and righteousness and judgment. And then he went on to say, of sin because they do not believe in me. So if you are going to be saved, if you are going to have life from God, you need to repent from your sin. And what sin? The sin of not believing in Jesus Christ. Perhaps you are believing in your religion. You believe that your religion can save you. You believe that your prayers can save you. You believe that your good works can save you. Repent from that. Change your mind. That's what the word repent means. Turn around. Okay? Okay, take a U-turn. Instead of believing in religion, prayer, and good works, make a decision to change your mind and now choose to believe in Christ. Trust in Him completely and He will save you because that's God's promise. Whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son does not have life. So if you don't have the Son, you're still dead spiritually. You need to come alive. Before you can get rooted and grounded and, you know, before you can grow and be a healthy disciple, you need to be alive first. And if that is the decision of your heart today, you want to receive life from God because God alone can give life to the dead. You want to receive life from God through His Son, Jesus Christ. Repent. And if that is your decision to repent and trust in Jesus, you can do it right now. Do not delay. All you need to do is call upon the name of the Lord. And if you do not know how to do it, let me give you a guide. Let me guide you. Let me help you. Now, this is just a, you know, a model prayer. There's, you know, prayer cannot save. But prayer is talking to God. You need to talk to God right now concerning your sin. You need to talk to God right now concerning your desire to come alive. Talk to Him about it. And if you don't know how to do it, follow me. But you need to follow me sincerely and seriously. Okay? So follow after me and talk to God through this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, I admit that I am a sinner. Because of my sins, I am dead spiritually. I am living a disobedient life. I understand that I am depraved and unable to do anything that pleases God to earn my salvation. And I am doomed. I deserve to go to hell. I deserve God's judgment. 
I deserve God's punishment. Lord Jesus, I come to you at this moment asking you to forgive me of my sins. Please wash me by your blood. Save me from hell. Give me eternal life. I now trust in you, Jesus, as my Savior and as my Lord. Thank you for your promise when you said, Whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Help me to live a new life as a new man in Christ. I give you all the glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have prayed that prayer sincerely and seriously in your heart, in the authority of God's word, I am telling you, you are saved. You are a new creation in Christ. You have just come alive. And as a man with a new life in Christ, okay, walk in that new life as a new man in Christ. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord enable you to get connected to the body of Christ so you can grow spiritually and be a growing, healthy disciple. And then you can help others share this message. God bless you.